Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Michael Andriaki with Junk King. Welcome, Michael. Welcome. Uh, thank you. How are you this morning? I am doing great. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about Junk King. How are you serving folks? Well, Junk King's been around since 2005. We started to uh, offer the opportunity to offer franchises in 2010 and have scaled across the country uh, since 2010 and in probably every major MSA across the country. Um, we offer a great opportunity for consumers uh, and businesses to get their junk removal hauled away. Uh, there's different ways to go about doing that. We either do full service junk removal or we'll drop off uh, a dumpster or bin and uh, customers can uh, load them on their own and we'll come back a few days later and pick those bins up. So we feel like we've kind of, that's been very attractive in the last two years as it's 100% touchless junk removal um, from a COVID perspective. And so uh, full service junk removal with a focus on recycling. Now, uh Tell me about the backstory. Did you start this as a with a being a franchise in mind, or was this something that you were like, "Hey, this is a good idea. Let's see if anybody buys this." Yeah, no long story. Um, I'll try to make it short and sweet. I worked in the industry for one of our uh, currently one of our major competitors and looked at joining one of their opportunities from a franchise perspective, and then decided uh, with a business partner to do it on our own. Um, since the franchise opportunity was already out there um, and our competitors had franchised, certainly that was the dream. And the goal was what if we could franchise this business one day and not just be a local San Francisco Bay Area junk removal company? Um, so the, the focus was always there, whether that was going to come to fruition or not um, was not our immediate goals. And then when we saw the success that we had, we wanted to give that opportunity to other individuals and entrepreneurs throughout the country. So now, um, if you were going to give advice to other emerging franchisors, what are kind of some do's and don'ts when it comes to taking the idea from, you know, that single location, that one, uh, you know, the dream, the kind of the catalyst for the idea to saying, okay, this is something, you know, we've seen other people do this. Let's do these, you know, A, B, and C, and let's not do all these. This was not good, and this was good. Like, so what? What's some advice you can give that emerging franchisor? Well, first and foremost, hire professionals, i.e., accountants, attorneys, um, consultants in that particular space, franchising as a whole. Um, we made an early on mistake of not hiring a franchise attorney to help us with the, some of our documents, which delayed us about 12 months and wrong documents were done and, and was an expensive mistake. So I would say uh, surround yourself with a mentor that's been in franchising and can put you in touch with franchise attorneys, accountants that um, uh, have done some franchising stuff as it's a little bit different than standard uh, law and practices. 
Um, you know, when we first franchise, we also our first franchisee, which is still one of our great franchisees today. So I don't know that I would change that, but was um, in, in the Midwest. And I would say try to keep your geography close. Uh, so if you're in California, stick to the West Coast and then gradually move uh, to the Midwest and then the East Coast. It adds a, a lot of expense to uh, we run a national call center. So opening somebody in the Midwest means we had to have the phone phone um, call center open a couple hour earlier uh, to accommodate very few jobs when they're launching their overall business. And then just stay the course, uh, stick to uh, what your goals are. Try not to make them too, um, I guess, too many systems or offer too many opportunities. Um, just do one thing really well and focus on that mission, whether that's junk removal with a focus on customer service, which was our focus many years ago. Um, and now has been junk removal focused as we're bigger on customer service and recycling as we have a bigger team overall here at corporate and great franchise partners. So now um, once you kind of uh, started getting momentum with junking and uh, you got some people, to, the early kind of adopters to get it going, did you kind of crack the code pretty quickly of, okay, this is what an ideal candidate looks like. We want more of these and we want less of these. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you'll find that your systems, if you're, if you're good at what you're doing, certainly in your brand. And I think something that we did very well is listen to our franchisees. Um, and our systems have been built by our franchise partners, of course, corporate staff. Um, but over the last 10 years, we've just been blessed with having um, franchise partners that have come from different walks of life, whether that's marketing background, sales background, finance, operations um, backgrounds uh, have really helped us to improve our systems and KPIs across the board and what we should be looking at. As far as an ideal franchise partner, we early on, we used to think it was a sales oriented person um, that's not that is willing to go out and network their business and, and talk throughout the community. But we've had some very successful franchisees that are introverts, but they are very focused on their numbers, um, very focused on the plan, can train um, their team members very well. Um, so I just think if, if those are dedicated to the craft, our systems are pretty strong that if you follow the system, um, we're not, I mean, we are picky as to who we bring on. Um, we certainly want, I guess, individuals that have manage people before, maybe run a small business or a bigger team, uh, not afraid to get in front of individuals and network and talk is certainly a plus, but not um, something that is imperative to have. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. So I, I just want to get clear on this ideal candidate. Are they kind of all in with junking or is this, are you okay with them having junking as part of a portfolio of other franchises, because it seems like there's more and more what I call the professional franchisee who is kind of building their own empire around the, a similar customer. Yes. I mean, you want to, um, 
the the it is you're right it's common now that individuals are looking for passive income and to to build a business that can kind of run itself um we would like you to be more involved in the business certainly for the first 6 to 12 months so that you un- one understand the business um and can help to create that foundation to have that uh passive income and you can run it a little bit more remotely if you are going to take that route, we just look at the financials a little bit differently because you are going to hire a manager um, from from day one um, to help you run the business. So we're OK either way, but it just needs to be structured right uh, from the beginning, if that makes sense. Sure. Now, is there something that um, your high performers are doing more of that kind of the middle of the road performers you wish they would do more of? Uh, not afraid to scale. Um, you can't scale our business without adding trucks and training new team members. And sometimes franchisees can be hesitant to, um, they want to maximize, let's uh, say they have four trucks. They want to maximize all four trucks before they buy the fifth. And sometimes it's, or most of the time you've got to buy that fifth truck when the fourth truck's at 25% capacity. Um, the more trucks you have on the road, the more branding you have, and you create this snowball effect of brand awareness, of marketing, um, customers, employees, and jobs. And so uh, I think that would be one of the things. Uh, also, a lot of franchisees, the bigger ones and the ones that are doing really well are not afraid to do um, a little bit more than just the standard cost per click marketing programs. Um, I think that with all the social and the, the Google efforts and AdWords, you can create a, a cost per click program where you can really control your budget and understand every click where if you do a media i.e. radio or TV or something of the sort is much harder to track. Um, and so franchisees are a little more hesitant to do that. The ones that do do that or, or um, spend money on home and local home and garden shows and, and networking and, and employees handing out flyers, you can't see that immediate ROI. But without a doubt, our, our top franchises are doing those things. And I think that's what's helping to separate them. Now, um, is the service primarily for that residential home that has stuff that they want to get rid of the stuff? Or do you also have a commercial kind of version of this? Absolutely a commercial version. Um, We're about 65% uh, consumer oriented. Um, Our commercial side is with realtors, property managers, contractors, state liquidators, home organizers, etc. We do a lot of that's what we call our B2B side doesn't mean that they're always at commercial buildings or locations. They can still be at residential um, locations, but um, there was a B2B relationship built through either networking um, overall. And then we have a pretty strong national accounts program where we have uh, accounts that use us throughout the country um, for, you know, all kinds of different locations. So is that what you were kind of uh, referring to earlier um, when that maybe a high performer is networking with these B2B opportunities, you're getting into a world that might be more lucrative over time, more predictable over time, but it might be hard to see the ROI for the initial kind of effort. Yes, of course. And then, you know, we're very, we are a seasonal business. Um, Certainly spring cleaning is a real thing. And in summer people are 
consumers are cleaning their garages and backyards and, and out doing more work than maybe they are in the winter. If you build a strong B2B network um, through your efforts of, uh, of networking and getting involved in the community, et cetera, then um, it can help you in those winter months because they certainly want their businesses to stay busy during the winter, um, that they're, they're using your services as well. Um, and of course, increase the summer months as well. And they're, they're bigger jobs. You could do huge house cleanouts where you're taking out 10 or 15 trucks versus a consumer job that may be a half of our truck. Now, for you, um, is it more rewarding now when a franchisee's killing it as opposed to when you first got started and you got, you know, a first big job or you had a bunch of trucks filled? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fun. The reason we did this is, or, you know, went into franchising is to give our franchisees kind of the same opportunity that I had uh, in success and just being known as, oh, you're the junk king and the big red trucks around your area um, has been very fulfilling. And so to see franchisees do that throughout the country in major metropolitan areas is very, very exciting. And to see franchisees have managers um, help to run their business and free up their time to get involved in the community or to coach their kids t-ball or baseball or soccer or whatever they're interested in and spend more time with their family uh, is very rewarding um, and, and exciting for our franchise system. So now um, I believe you're at over 100 locations. Uh, are there still areas available that you'd like to penetrate? Are you kind of looking for certain areas or is, is kind of the whole North America wide open at this point? No, there's, um, we have 145 locations now, actually, um, maybe one or two shy of that. Uh, and, and there still are a lot of opportunities available um, out there. Certainly in, in Canada, we have lots and lots of opportunity. Um, there are uh, territories throughout the U.S. that are available as well. I would say most of the major, major metros, we have a presence but that doesn't mean that we can't have a second uh, location um, that, that maybe they don't own the, all of Chicago. They own part of it, uh, as an example, uh, or Seattle or whatever the case may be. So, yes, there's still lots of opportunity for new franchise partners in the system. And then you target kind of major metros first and then go out from there. Yeah, that well, early on, that's certainly what we did. Um, and so now we're getting um, a little more granular in our efforts. Um, we'd like our, our uh, franchisees to have at least 500,000 population, give or take maybe 50K, something like that. Um, and, and so initially, uh, I think our franchise in Denver, who, who is amazing and done a really good job, owns over 2 million population. Um, so if there was a territory sold where we still have, you know, 500 to 750,000 available territory next to major and a major MSA, um, then that would be a good place for someone else to come in and, and utilize some of the current brand awareness and, and opportunity there. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to learn more about the opportunity, what's the website? www.junk-king.com is the website. And then they can go there, they can learn about it, and then there's a tab for franchising opportunity? Yeah. Yes, there's a franchise tab. Um, You can see us on Instagram at junk-king-corporate. 
or Facebook at Junk King Franchise, LinkedIn at Junk King Franchise Systems. Fortunately, they're all a little bit different as, as it goes that way. Um, but yeah, you can go to our main website. There's a franchise tab there. We'll get you in touch with our uh, franchise development team and, and kind of walk you through that process. And during that process, you will talk to all of our uh, uh, staff members, either in marketing, finance, operations. Um, we have a very high level software that we run our systems on. So we'll give you a walkthrough of, of how that works um, and kind of give you kind of a look under the hood as to what your opportunity will be when you join us. Um, obviously, with the big focus on how we separate ourselves from our competitors um, with really strong customer service and, and a main focus on, on the recycling, which is what are we doing with the materials that we pick up? Um, I think in the last year, we've prided ourselves on, on our efforts with COVID and um, being an essential company, uh, which has made us very attractive um, for individuals to come into our system and want to be franchise partners as we are an essential company. Um, and we have stayed open the, the last year and been able to accommodate all the consumers' concerns around uh, the pandemic and how we can help them feel a little bit more comfortable as they're cleaning out their homes for their kids to work out of or their office spaces um, ha has made us very busy, but I think we've handled it well and, and accommodated the consumer. Well, congratulations on all of the success, and thank you so much for sharing your story today. Yeah, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.